Hey, everybody, it's Adina, also known as Dini the Yogini. Hey, this is Alexis from Flex of Lex. Hey, Queens, this is Dee, your faith Field mom. Hey, everyone, this is Takima from Takima Renee Fitness, and you are listening to the Fit Black Queens podcast. Hey, hey, hey. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, so, okay. So recently, 2020 was hard. 2021 was even harder. Um, I lost my grandmother at the beginning of the year. And it was actually January 2nd. So she was like, you know what? I'm I'm going to see 2021. And I recently noticed that I have upped my therapy visits um, from once a week. (laughs) Or first it was bi-weekly, then it was once a week, and then I started seeing her twice a week. Um, I just wanted to share, like, to talk to you guys. Do you guys, have you guys ever seen a therapist or, you know, what is your experiences with therapists? I have had a committed relationship with a therapist before. (laughs) (laughs) When I was 25, um, I went and saw a therapist because I was just I thought I was losing my mind. I was having panic attacks a lot, um, especially when I was driving. Like I thought I was going to have a heart attack all the time, um, just really crazy thoughts. And so I decided to go speak to somebody and was diagnosed with um, post-traumatic stress disorder as well as high anxiety. Um, and they think it's from when I was 19, I saw my boyfriend get pistol whipped and he was in a coma for two weeks and I just never really processed it. I kind of just like went on about life. And then years later, like all of this, like loud noises would really catch me off guard. Um, like movies that they had like gun scenes in them, I would get really anxious about. And so um, just un- untapped emotions, I had to see somebody. And then, like I said, I was in a committed relationship with her for about three years and just learned a lot of skills on how to cope and deal and um, just get have an outside voice that had nothing to do with my family or anything like that, just kind of listen to me and kind of flush out how I was feeling. So it was a really growing experience for me. Um, definitely a change in my life with just how I deal and um, handle my emotions versus just ignoring things. I try to kind of tackle them now so that they won't manifest later. I think that like, like what I really love about the Fit Black Queens is like at the end of the day what we speak about is tackling everything that bothers you just don't let it just um, sweep it underneath the rug so I'm happy you said that D like yeah we should that's why I go to therapy and y'all know I love me a therapist (laughs) I I actually have a question um, and this may be directed more at D because as we know in our community sometimes it's frowned upon to see a therapist, right? It's like, oh, you need to get right with the Lord. And, you know, and so it's really frowned upon, like, what do you mean you're seeing a therapist? And it's not the same in every other culture. And I'm just curious because D is, is um, you know, you're a faith-based blogger, influencer. And I'm curious if you see that sort of, um, I don't want to say maligning, but just where people think that, you know, therapy is just like it's just not worth it yeah so um at the time I wasn't a faith-based anything I was not Christian I wasn't really I was Christian I wasn't really a believer like I am now um and you're absolutely correct in the Christian faith um it depends I feel like 
new generations are realizing the value of uh, mental health. And there are lots of Christian therapists that are available to people. I know that as a family, we've actually had a Christian therapist, um, but you're right. Like a lot of people in the Christian faith feel like you can just pray it away. And um, when you have mental health issues or disorders or things, prayer can definitely be helpful in one of your tools that you use, but you need a professional to help you work out what's going on. And the people who are therapists, they go to school, they're learning skills to help other people. They're serving other people, which is what we're taught to do as Christians. But yes, there is, um, there are, I definitely have encountered people like just pray it away or, you know, you don't need a therapist. Um, but my mom actually is, is bipolar. So in my family, my mom's always, since she was born with a chemical imbalance, my mom's always seen a therapist. So it was a little bit more acceptable for me because I saw my mom do it. So I knew that that's what you do when you need help from an outside source. Um, but my mom has been on and off again. But I'd say my stepdad, he wasn't really into the therapy thing. Um, and he was a very faithful person. And it was one of those, you pray to Jesus and um, he'll fix you, which he will. But I feel like um, there's other people who have, were gifted to help you as well. That's really, it, that's really good to hear. I mean, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's sad because in our community, we have a lot of trauma. And actually, Takima and I were reading this book last month about how, you know, trauma is carried with you throughout your life and how, you know, it can be passed down through generations. And we have gone through so much as a people in the history of this country and just even currently looking at the health disparities and, and COVID, you know, and I think like Dee said, having a professional who's who's really trained to deal with some of these deep issues that you may not even know that you have them until you talk to a professional. Like maybe something's like, there's something you're, that's telling you something's not right. Like I just don't feel like myself and you can't get to it. And you've talked to your friends and you've talked to your minister or whoever, you know, if you have a spiritual guide, um, but a professional can help you really get to the root of those issues. And I really feel like you said, we are currently still going through trauma, microaggressions, the world that we live in changing from moment from moment, week to week for the last year now is creating just a melt of pressure cooker for untapped emotion. So I feel like um, definitely in this field, um, in the therapy field, it's just I think people, people are realizing, just like people are realizing the value of their health, they're realizing the value of their mental health because we're losing our crap, people. <laughs> like we literally are losing our minds. And it's from old to young. Um, my daughter, my oldest daughter, it had a, October was an awful month in my home. Um, she just kind of had a breakdown and it's, there's so many factors to this. And when we were talking, like I, that's when we had the Christian therapist in our home, um, and no, not in our home, it's actually via Zoom she was saying like, this is like an epidemic. Like a lot of kids are having a hard deal time dealing with their emotions. And what she was going to the therapist for was literally just how to filter all these emotions. And there is no book on how to parent during a pandemic. I looked, 
because we have not experienced this yet. And Mm -hmm. so, um, and these kids, like there's so many different personalities and some kids, and when you're a teenager, you need your peers. Like it's a developmental stage. And so, so when you take away this source that is developmentally for them, they don't know how to act. So when Kaya came to us, it was just like, let's help her. We don't know how to help her. Let's find somebody who can help her. And that was, it was really great for her to have somebody to talk to and give her skills on how to cope and deal with this, something that we've never experienced as adults, much less children. And then even Mila, like my youngest at six, it didn't occur to me um, that, and we're considering family therapy because she, when um, Kamala Harris was elected, we were sitting there eating breakfast and she goes, mommy, President Biden and President Harris are going to make our world safe again. The fact that my six-year-old didn't feel like her world was safe wow. to me was something that I we never expressed, we never talked about. And that's emotions that she's carrying around as a six-year-old who doesn't know how to really, you know, articulate all those things. So I think even family therapy is really great because you can hit all the ages in your family. And as parents, we can learn skills to help our kids cope with what's going on right now, which is unprecedented. Whether you're black, white, purple, or green, we all need um, a specialist to help us deal with this. I couldn't agree more. And just from what I'm hearing Dr. Anthony Fauci talking today, it's been like 102 years or more that we've seen anything like this. And it's just been crazy. Now, I can just tell you just on my end, and I, I feel for you, Dee, with the girls because... I hear it from my friends that have children. They feel a sense of disconnection, you know, with their with their friends and they can't be around people. And it's hard for adults as well. I mean, I got a, a call out over the weekend to deal with the situation that happened in, the, in, the, um, in our local law enforcement uh, agency. And it was, uh, it was hard. It was hard. It was really, really hard. And trying to help somebody else through their problem and and then thinking you know in my own mind you know how am i going to cope with this and part of my job is to deal with trauma and deal with traumatic incidents that um occur among the law enforcement community and without going into a whole lot of details i've i've had this photographic memory of certain things that i've seen certain things that i've been engaged with meaning that I've been you know on the scene of, a, of an incident where life life of loss uh, loss of life excuse me and um, it just kind of really wears down on you it wears down on you a lot and I think my out for me you know I we do have a police psychologist that helps us through some of these things but my out for me was yoga I hate to say it but that's my out for me because anything I feel that causes you distress and it lingers with you for more than an hour and it becomes a coping problem, it's okay to talk to someone. I feel like when I'm able to talk to someone, I'm helping them. But what about me when I need to talk to someone? You know, we have a, a resource to go to. And um, as of late, there's been a lot of different things going on in the county that has uh, caused a lot of people stress, you know, from murder to rape to, to carjackings to suicide to whatever. And being there for them is important to me 
but also in my photographic memory of seeing things that I probably would never imagine seeing in my life is a lot. It's a lot. And sometimes it's hard for me to, to sleep. And this last call out was, was really, really tough. And um, I'm just, I'm glad I can help someone else, but I need help too. I like that you said movement um, helps you because it helps my daughter as well. Um, she definitely enjoys walking. She started running during the, um, when we were quarantined and that was a great outlet for her. I know personally for me, when I get really, really anxious, I love a good kettlebell flow. <laughs> so um, movement has definitely helped me as well with my own anxiety and um, just trying to kind of focus on something other than the craziness that's going on. It's nice to have the, that, you know, 30 to 45 minutes to just move my body and kind of focus on that versus um, everything that's going on. So I think movement's a really great way to cope um, and a tool that I've been taught. <clears throat> and it's a healthy way, right? It's a healthy way to cope. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to add uh, two things. The first is something that just dawned on me yesterday because I was getting ready to curse Takima out <laughs> and we were at the gym <laughs> and I was like, I need this job. I said it out loud. I said, I need this job and not for the money, but I need it for my sanity. And then when I said it out loud, I was like, oh, <laughs> like this is the place where I can sweat it out. I can inter actually interact with people. Like I am an extrovert. And so not being able to see people at the beginning of this pandemic when everything was shut down and we didn't know how long it was going to be, I was, I, I experienced depression and I, I just, I just, it was really hard. And so being back now and getting to see the same nine people every day, it just, it's just like a, I feel like it's a safe place for me. It's a, it's not, it doesn't feel like a job. It feels like that limited social interaction. Um, and so, yeah, that movement has been a really big, a big, thing for me for getting through this pandemic. But the other thing I was going to say, and I think this applies for adults and kids, I was just listening to something this morning, and they were saying that, you know, you have to, as the kids go back to school, things are going to be very hard, because they're, especially for the little kids, because their parents have told them to stay away from people for the last year. And now they're going to get thrown back in with lots of people. And how do they feel that trust again? And then in addition to that, you don't know if their friends have lost parents, if they've lost their homes, if their parents have lost their jobs, if, you know, if someone in their family is, is, has side effects still from, from COVID. Um, and the same is true for adults. When we go back to whatever regular normal life looks like after this you know what how many friends have moved away how mm -hmm. many people that you interacted with every single day how many of them are still there how many of them have been deeply impacted by this are they going to be different when you see them and so I hadn't thought about that element of you know you think about what's it going to be like for me but then you have to also add like what's it going to be like for the people I interact with yeah I actually I'm actually dealing with that like currently right now because at the beginning of the pandemic I lost a few clients right because they didn't know a lot of my clients were like I don't know if I'm gonna have a job like I'd rather just keep this money to myself and I'll train when you whenever with you whenever I'll train with you and now they're starting to come back and it's weird of 
you know, you have to make small talk at the beginning, right? But how do you have small talk when you don't know, in, you don't know that much about a person's life of their losses. They only show you the, you know, the okay things. And I don't want to like pry or anything, but I don't want to ever come off as insensitive, you know, um, of what they're going through. So it's hard, but I do want to talk about movement. I want to go back to that. Um, I actually got into the fitness industry um, when I was coping with my postpartum depression. And so right after I had my daughter, at this point, no one, especially within the black community talked about postpartum depression. And I was just like, man, I'm 20 years old. <laughs> I don't know how to be a mom. I am far, I'm in Maryland, my whole family's in California and I have this baby and slowly I just became depressed. And it wasn't until my daughter was six years old, I was able to say I suffer from postpartum depression. And this was for six years, I was just going through this by myself. And at that point, no longer like postpartum, it was just depression, homie. It was like depression and anxiety, just like hitting me in the face. So when I was finally diagnosed, I felt like, um, I felt like, wow, I'm, I have a name for it. I don't know how to explain that. It's like, um, I felt like I, I, I finally felt like I was seen and heard. And now that I, I do go, like I said, I go to therapy once a week and things like that, but I'm always telling my family, I'm like, you should talk to someone and it doesn't have to be um, it doesn't have to be your friends or your family, like have someone outside to talk to. And majority of the time I'm talking for the whole 45 minutes and she's just shaking her head. My incident happened when I was 19. I didn't seek therapy till I was 25 because I legit thought I was going crazy. And my doctor was like, I don't think it's your heart. I don't think it's this. I think you might need to see somebody, but it, it wasn't, I wasn't going to tell that to a friend. Like it was my doctor. I, I thought I was having heart attacks. So, so, you know, and she came up with it, but I don't think I would have told my doctor either if it wasn't physically affecting me and yeah. sometimes mental health doesn't physically affect you and so when do you know that it's not you just th having thoughts that are normal or that you do need to seek someone and is it okay and that's I think that's what we're saying here is like it's okay if you have an inkling that something's not right in your spirit in your mind in your soul to go and just get just talk to somebody and see where you're at. You might not get a diagnosis. They might just say, hey, you need to find somebody to talk to. Or they might say, you know, you have X, Y, Z, or you have X, and these are ways to deal with it. And it's not always treated with medication. You, you can have um, like a collaborative relationship with your therapist and or your psychologist. And the, there's two different people, by the way. And um, see if it has to be medication because I think some people too are afraid to be put on medication yeah. if they seek mental health and it does that's not always the plan of action um and it really depends on the professional that you see okay I, I need agree to talk about that oh sorry Adina <laughs> I need to talk about that because we have uh I have many family members with mental health issues and my grandmother, God bless her, she has a lot of issues. And as a kid, I didn't realize how bad it was. Like, I knew it was bad at some point, like maybe middle school. I was like, what? That sounds weird. But in elementary school, my grandmother is like, 
you got to flush your hair down the toilet. They're going to get your DNA. I'm like, who? She's like the CIA. I don't know who the CIA is or DNA, but I knew it was bad. So like, you know, as she's walking around paranoid and telling us to watch out for stuff, I think that's why I'm so nosy now because she just taught me how to be nosy, but it was like a mental health issue. But, you know, when she's on her medication that she's supposed to be taking, she's fine. But when she's not, it's like really sad and really heartbreaking to see somebody that you love and that you care for that just, you know, you're like, I just want you to, to take your medicine. Like your doctor is giving you this because you need it. Um, and it's really hard for a family member and somebody who's like an elder, you know, you don't want to feel like you're disrespecting them and you're trying to be sensitive and it's just really challenging. So I'm, I'm curious if you ladies have had to, um, to have any hard conversations with family members about that. Ooh, girl. Yeah. Well, actually I did. I had, I've had a lot of conversations with like a few family members, but they had a negative connotation on mental health um, therapy and um, and medication. So it was the hardest three years of my life of trying to convince someone that this is needed. You know what I mean? Because at this point, I'm afraid of you being around my kid, you know? And it was heartbreaking, but it was necessary. I can honestly say that I did it <laughs> and I was what was considered as the bad guy for two years straight. And now we're like, we're cool, but it's been hard is what I'm trying to say. That conversation is very hard, Alexis. So yeah. imagine having your father, you know, the saying in, um, uh, I'm sure you all have heard it once a man, twice a child. Um, my father living in Florida and suffering from dementia and cursing me out from A to Z when I moved him out of his house and just using explicit words and just everything. Um, and then being in that space with him, telling him that he needs to take care of himself and all you see is him looking out into the world and not even acknowledging your presence. And then three weeks later, he's gone. So it's hard. It's hard having those conversations. And especially when um, I'm, I'm going to say my father's um, Panamanian, Jamaican born and hard head, you know, they just don't, they want to do things their way and your way is not even appropriate. So it, it was, that's probably one of the hardest things, having the conversation with my dad saying, you can't stay in your house in Florida. I have to move you up here. I moved my dad from Florida to Rockville, put him in the Hebrew home over in Rockville. He was such a pill with those people. But long story short, those conversations need to be had. Um, we love our loved ones. We care for them, but we also want what's best for them. Uh, wouldn't you agree, D? I do. I feel like Alexis explained my everyday life. Um, my mom lives with me. And like I said, she's manic depressive bipolar uh, chemical imbalance. So she needs chemicals to balance. And so some, sometimes she self-medicates, sometimes she medicates how she's supposed to. Sometimes she does go YOLO, you know, um, it all depends on the part of the manic. And so um, you guys know, my mom has probably been nine places in the last year. And it's all manic behavior. It's just 
she's obsessed with traveling so she just travels and she's traveling during a pandemic and she has a defibrillator and a pacemaker and COPD and like everything that says COVID so it not only is affecting her because it's affecting her because she lives with but it affects me and my family because we care for her and we want her to be healthy and to watch that family member who's an adult you can't I mean there's an adult and um and it's an older it's my mom so there's that authority aspect as well you can't tell your parents what to do I mean you can but they're going to do what they want to do when it's ultimately like Adina said so that is something that you know you just talk to them of love and then also it depends on what state are they in when you're talking to them are they in a healthy state to really understand the conversation that you're trying to have it's because you love them and because you want the best for them and you know that they are better when they are medicated properly how they should be um, and that they they just thrive and then just also watching that that loved one just not be who you know they're capable of being because they're not doing what they're supposed to do it's really hard it's really hard um, and it's like what I experience on a regular basis so yeah I totally get it so for our listeners so you ladies gave great advice on talking to loved ones and just how to how to deal and manage with that what advice do you have for our listeners as far as like let's say it's their first time ever seeking a therapist do you have any advice for them on how to find one how to what the sessions are like Um, because I feel like a lot of what people see is what's on tv and that's not necessarily accurate (laughs) I think looking at their credentials and find someone that is going to address your needs. I mean, some people are just like a talking head and just listening, you know? So I, I think it's just, you have to do your research. And sometimes it's good to go to another friend and say, Hey, do you know someone in this field? Uh, referrals are always good, but sometimes you just have to go off of what, you know, your best instincts and go with that. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard to trust people because people, some, some doctors do have a gift of gab. I hate to say it, but they have a gift of gab. And I agree with Adina. Um, it's just like no, going into a, a session, knowing what you want to get out of it. Um, because I've had four therapists. The first therapist I had, um, it was only two sessions. And at first she, I didn't, I didn't, I had to switch because she looks just like me. I was like, come on, no, I can't do this. <laughs> it, like, I was like, yo, she looks so similar to me. She can be my cousin, my sister. I, I can't but do that. That could be good with like, you know, being your, your little <laughs> devil on the shoulder or angel on the no. shoulder. You're like, hold on, like that Spider-Man meme. Takima <laughs> said. <laughs> it, I'm telling you, it was not okay because I realized I was keeping so much from her. Um, I didn't, and I was embarrassed about a certain situation that I want to talk about each week and I wasn't getting any better. So I, um, well, I said each week, only saw her twice and that was two weeks. <laughs> so I had to switch to another lady and I, I went in with a closed mind. So I would say then my next, my next thing is be open-minded because I thought because she was a white woman, she will not understand my struggles and not understand what I needed from her. And she was the best therapist I've had. And then she got pregnant and she left me. (laughs) 
So I've been like now searching for um, a therapist similar to her, um, but knowing what you want, sometimes you want someone just to listen to you. Someone, sometimes you want someone to give you advice. Um, and I think, like I said, knowing what you want and going with an open mind. The, I have one more thing to say about the therapy sessions. You think like 45 minutes, how can I talk for 60 or 45 minutes? And then they're like, okay, and we're done. <laughs> So it goes by pretty quickly, you guys, and it's fun. I say for Kaya, we had to, we had to go through a couple because of age. She's a teenager. She didn't want to talk to somebody who was like a grandma age. She was like, mom, she's like my grandma's age. And then she also <laughs> didn't want to talk to somebody who was like um, my, not my age, but just she was like one lady. She's like, she's just, I don't think she's qualified. Mom. <laughs> I was like, she thought she was too young. So, you know, somebody that you're comfortable for. And like Takima said, you can't, um, when you're seeking help, you can't put up barriers. Like if you were in the middle of the ocean and somebody threw you a life raft, would you be like, hold on, like, hold on, let me, no, you take the life raft. So like be open-minded to have an open conversation with someone. And so you're already, when you're seeking help, you're already being vulnerable. And just think these people are coming to serve you. They're not coming to judge you and they're not coming to um, you know, um, analyze you. That's not their intentions. It's really for them to help you. So come with that. And then personality, like Takima said, you have to have some type of connection or attraction with them in order to open up and be vulnerable and talk to them about your, your things. But, um, and then one thing Kaya too, it's confidential. Like they're not going to go home and go tell all your business. And that was Kaya too. She was a little bit, well, they shouldn't, let's just say they shouldn't go home and tell all your business, <laughs> but she was a little bit, she didn't trust them at first. Cause she thought they were going to tell me, um, stuff that she was telling them. So you just kind of have to be open, um, a little bit of vulnerable. You have to be a little put yourself out there and just be open-minded to the possibility of somebody helping you and being there for you. And I feel like too, when you're sometimes, I know for me, I can just speak for myself. I, at the time when I was like losing, I just didn't think anybody was there to support me. And so having somebody there who felt like they were supporting me and listening to me and they had no ties to my life was really helpful for me. Um, but I had to take that first step and I had to say, I need help. And can you help me? I do want to add one more thing is knowing that therapy or when it doesn't have to be with a professional, you can speak to just anyone, right? But when you are honest, it will be uncomfortable, right? And that's where growth comes in. It, at one point, I kind of felt like, oh, like D said, I'm being judged and all this other stuff. But then I saw myself growing in so many other aspects of my life because I was finally honest with the things that I felt rather than just pushing them off to the side and hoping that they'll go away because they don't, That's you so know, true. Yeah. life is uncomfortable if you're, especially when you're honest with yourself and the people around you. But that's one thing I will say about therapy. It, it forces you to be uncomfortable and you will grow from it. I wanted to add that, you know, if you find that your therapy sessions, are you using your friends and family members as your therapist, stop. <laughs> your, your coworkers, stop. <laughs> because for a number of reasons, it's fine to talk to your friends and family about your feelings. And, and I'm not saying that, but there's a point where, like Adina said at the beginning, where that's not productive. And also you're applying a filter to it. 
you don't want your family member, your friends to judge you. Just like Takima said, you have to be honest. You have to be honest. And you do have to find somebody that you vibe with. Like if I went to a therapist that was silent the whole time, I would lose my mind because I would just be talk. I can talk to myself all day. I do talk to myself all day. <laughs> so You know what they're saying is for that, Alexis. Do you right. answer back? Yes. First wind and fire. Say that again, Adina. Earth, wind and fire. Talking to yourself is fine. Let you know where to draw the line, my dear. <laughs> Look, my dad told me that I talked in my sleep so much as a kid because there weren't enough waking hours in the day. So I need a therapist that can, that can talk back to me. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, don't rely on your friends and family. Plus, you know, you don't want to be that person. They're like, oh, Lord, I got to call Takima. Takima going to tell me about this thing. You know, you don't want to be, I'm just picking on Takima that she doesn't do that to me. But, you know, you don't want to be the person where nobody wants to call you because it's always something and you should, you should hire a professional to help. Yeah. I agree. I agree. So I just kind of like, I think um, it'd be interesting to hear how our listeners deal with issues that come up. And there's nothing wrong with saying, you know, I speak to someone or I have a therapist uh, or I seek counsel when I need to. But I just kind of wanted to close out with a small quote that um, that I've kept with me for several years. And it kind of keeps me on track of certain things. Can I share that with you, ladies in the audience? Of course. Happiness keeps you sweet. Trials keep you strong. Sorrows keep you human. Life keeps you humble. Success keeps you glowing, but only God keeps you going. Amen. Yes, I love it. I do too. You're going to have to publish that in the insider group, Adina. I will. Yeah, I will do that. It's just something that I've had for years that that has stuck with me um, when my mom died and um, just a, just a gentle reminder. And sometimes we need those reminders. And I think D, Alexis and Takima, you would agree. And I don't know about you, but I'm a big quote person. I love quotes. I love motivational affirmations. Sometimes those things can get you out of a small rut or a small funk yeah. that you may be in. Exactly. I actually am living by a quote is, but I will not say it because it's by the rapper juvenile, but <laughs> <laughs> I need to live my life by juvenile. <laughs> I am convinced that today she's required to sing this song every hour on the hour and everybody listening already knows what song it is. So I'm not going to let her sing it on this podcast on today. <laughs> So we know this pandemic has made an epidemic of mental health. So I'm just curious to know what our, our listeners and our insiders, how they have been helping their loved ones cope um, with the mental challenges of this pandemic and just life in itself. Um, any tools that they recommend if they have some black ther female therapists, we would love to have a list to share with our insider groups. If you could share that with us, um, people that you recommend and highly refer, and then hopefully somebody who might need help in your area can find that person. Um, you can share this um, 
in our insider group. You can also send us a message on Instagram, tweet it out, follow us first. Uh, share it on Facebook. We'd love to hear you there. Check out our Apple podcast. Leave us a five-star review. And on Anchor, you can leave us a voice message. And until next time, queens. Bye. Be well. Bye.